Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. The way we provide feedback makes a difference in how people receive it. Our goal is to provide feedback to change behavior for the right reasons and to sustain that change. Remember when receiving feedback, most people comply with what we ask them to do, but they aren't necessarily changing their behavior because they see value in the change. So the way we provide feedback makes a difference in how people receive and act on that feedback. Today, I'm going to go a little deeper on this topic. We're going to review several situations where we choose to message feedback in a way that changes behavior. The goal is to focus specifically on the words we choose to use and our approach to feedback. I'm still working on this skill. Just the other day, I provided feedback to someone in our HR department. And you guessed it, the person didn't ask for it. During the year, our company has changed the employee engagement survey approach from one longer survey to multiple shorter ones. We set our goals using the longer survey results at the beginning of the year. When we made the change, leaders received an email from our HR colleague letting us know how the new survey results would be applied to our unit and personal evaluations. As I reviewed the approach, I viewed it from my knowledge of measurement. The approach was not mathematically sound, which caused the scales to be flawed. I provided feedback to my HR colleague. It was the right thing to do. However, the way I provided feedback did not result in a good outcome. I didn't do a good job here. Let's look at my communication approach that did not end well. Then let's discuss how to change a bad communication to a more productive one. I responded to an email from my colleague. I started on the right foot. I thanked her for sending the employee engagement results and the information. I then quickly jumped into the next sentence with, by the way, dot, 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 which seems to never be a good way to start. I then proceeded to give specific examples of how the measurement approach was flawed and not mathematically sound. Also showed that the way the scale was created A top performer could achieve the lowest score on the evaluation scale, and a low performer could receive the highest score on the scale. I summarized the message by telling her that the goal-setting approach served as a demotivator and that goals were, of course, intended to recognize high-performing results and serve as a motivator for improvement. Now, this last part of the message could have been insulting to her. Most likely, she knew the intent of goal-setting. The information I provided was accurate, however, the message I sent did not cause a good outcome. To achieve a good result when communicating with someone, we ask ourselves, what is the intended outcome of our communication? My email communication had a negative outcome. I failed to consider the outcome I wanted to achieve. Rather, I responded with an emotional reaction. I wanted my colleague to know that the measurement approach was flawed. I wanted to let her know I was annoyed. The communication that I felt like people should have known the measurement knowledge, it should have been better to make the decisions. She should have been better at making those decisions. I was building 
kind of accusations with not intending to, but I'm sure that's what she could have read into it. In her communication back to me, and she explained why the scales had been set and that this year was trial and error until we could start fresh in the new year. Her communication back to me gave me an opportunity to engage in a dialogue with her. She didn't necessarily ask for that, yet I could have re-engaged to further understand the situation. I responded with a sentence or two and did not help move the situation forward in a productive way. I was annoyed. I felt the right path could have been taken to solve for this year rather than wait until next year. I was interested in applying my solution to the problem. The problem requires a change. I communicated by pushing my thoughts rather than inviting people to a discussion to solve the problem I had identified. The communication ended with lack of clarity on how the change affects our team. So who do I hurt with my poor communication approach? If I don't resolve it, I hurt my team. Also, I engaged in a negative way with a colleague I enjoy working with and who's been helpful to me on several occasions. And I believe I have valuable input to contribute to the way goals are set next year. That opportunity is lost unless I exercise service recovery with my colleague. What's next to rectify this situation? First, get the communication out of email. Second, I just need to connect with my colleague. I need to apologize for my approach and ask if we could talk more to see if my insight could be helpful. And third, ask her for clarity on how this affects our team. And last, thank her for taking time to connect with me. Join us in New Orleans this September to explore leadership at all levels of higher education. Leaders across campuses share how they gained the leading edge in service to students and built a great place to work attitude among employees. Learn how colleges and universities are leading excellence every day to become institutions of choice for students at Destination High Performance on September 10th and 11th. Topics include building ownership among employees, developing an improvement mindset, and leading cultural transformation. For more information or to register, please visit studereducation.com slash events. The way people receive our feedback depends on how well we communicate. Here are several pointers to improve our interactions. First, create messages that are clear and concise, leaving little room for misinterpretation. Second, we have a better opportunity to gain a positive outcome when we don't react emotionally, judgmentally, or defensively. And third, we will have better relationships with others when we take ownership of our experiences by using words to turn any negative communication in a positive direction. That does not mean we'll always get the outcome we want, but we will harvest better relationships that open opportunities for better interactions with others. So what will I do differently to provide productive feedback? I'll shift away from using aggressive messaging to using keywords that assert my thoughts in a productive way. Here's what aggressive messaging looks like. When I was communicating with my colleague, I used words expressing that my wants and needs mattered above hers. I didn't offer her the opportunity to talk about how we could solve the situation at hand. Also, 
I'll engage in a conversation with my colleague, communicating our team needs while respecting the needs of my colleague and others. My colleague didn't intend to do harm to others. Most likely, my initial message made her feel defensive toward a viewpoint she communicated. My words pushed her to be more rather than less protective of the communicated action. This is the opposite outcome that I wanted to achieve. I killed the messenger, so to speak, rather than gain insight into how the decision was made and then express my concerns in a more positive frame. In this situation with my colleague, I offered her feedback when she did not ask for it. Why? Because I saw a flawed approach and wanted to correct the flaw. I offered feedback to a message that didn't have that intention. Therefore, I should have been extra cautious with the way I provided feedback. At times, people ask for feedback. And when they do, we have to offer it well. Over the years, I've made a conscious effort to build positive interactions with people when they ask for feedback. To live this commitment, I have to be intentional with the way I craft words to create messages. Let's look at a situation gone bad. Here's a situation I witnessed last month. I was at a local meeting. A group of us were asked to review an updated website. The purpose of the meeting was for individuals in the room to provide feedback to the website designers. The designers were organizational employees. Can you picture how this session started? When people are asked to provide feedback, they tend to start with what they don't like, what needs to be changed, and what will not work. By the time we finished the session, the poor designers looked and felt defeated. I attempted to provide some positives every now and then, and the group went back to providing critical feedback. Two quick pointers go a long way. First, when providing feedback, do so by applying the three-to-one principle. Start with three positives and then offer critical feedback. I also find that if we can connect the criticism to one of the positives, individuals connect the criticism to what right looks like. Second, I depend on and promote a plus-delta feedback approach. For example, if we were applying the plus-delta to the website review, we would do the following. We'd open the meeting thanking the website developers for their work and openness to receive feedback on the website so that they can leverage what's working and make improvements where needed. Then we'd start with this question or one like it to the group. When reviewing the website, what positives do you see? Then we ask, if we were going to make improvements, what improvements would you recommend? And the last thing is we'd summarize the input and offer next steps. We'd end by thanking the website developers and letting them know the team is looking forward to the continued advancement of the website. To improve, we do more of what is working well, and we determine the deltas to focus on actions to improve. We then assess how well the new approach works as we make the changes. Here's another way we ask people to provide feedback. We may ask someone on our team to offer insight about how to solve a problem. Let's say that we're trying to determine better ways to use the expense portal. The leader asks Lucia what ideas she has about solving an identified problem with the process. And Lucia may say she doesn't know. Here's a great way to re-engage Lucia. Ask this, Lucia, if you did know, how would you solve it? And nine times out of 10, people will respond with a possible solution. By asking Lucia a second time to provide feedback, the team members reinforce that they value Lucia's input. Most likely, she feels safe to provide feedback. That is, 
She believes people want to hear what she has to say. In summary, at times we need to offer feedback on a change being made, but we're not asked for feedback. Second, people ask us to provide feedback on an idea, work project, or process. When in this situation, at times, we use aggressive language that inhibits positive reactions. Our goal is to assert a message with key words to gain a positive outcome, which could be an invitation to a conversation or a change being made. Let's do two things this week. First, think of a time when you gave feedback using aggressive language. What was the outcome? How do you think the individual on the receiving side felt? What did the communication back to you look like? Now, how could you have rewritten the message to get a better outcome? And second, think of a time when you ask a group for feedback and it didn't go as planned. How could you use some of the approaches we discussed to improve the outcome? I don't know about you, but I immediately know when I provide feedback without using keywords to build a productive interaction. I can't stop thinking about it. I feel bad. And I feel bad for the person I interacted with in an aggressive way. I wish I could take it back and redo my message. My feedback could have been that one thing that ruined someone's day. I don't come to work intending to hurt others. I bet you don't either. And sometimes our words do just that. When we provide feedback to others, it's worth thinking about the outcome we're trying to achieve, reflecting on what we communicate, and crafting a message that gets our point across. It's equally important to consider the person on the other side. When we do, we will feel better about ourselves, and our colleagues will feel better about us. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next episode where we'll focus on how burning the candle at both ends gets in the way to providing good feedback. Have a great week.